Welcome to Redeemer's Church Weekly Message Podcast, where our mission is simple. We are a church that is passionate about loving God and loving people. And now, we hope you enjoyed this week's message by Pastor Caleb Schaefer. And so will you guys just bow your heads, close your eyes, and we'll get started. Father, we thank you for your Son, and we thank you for your Holy Spirit, who is alive and active, not just here, but across the world. We thank you that your Holy Spirit is the presence of Jesus with all of us. God multiplying the effectiveness of the kingdom. And so, Lord, it's more than that. We cannot sum up in a Sunday morning who the Holy Spirit is. But God, I just ask, as I've already prayed, that those who hear, I pray they would hear. That those who see, I pray that they would see. And Lord, that that which you want every individual to receive this morning, I pray that they would receive it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. When the Spirit moves. A couple weeks ago, um, I was at a, it's, it's a homeschool co-op with Allison and the kids, and it happens to be on Fridays. And so uh, Allison goes with Gideon earlier uh, during the day, and then I bring Ella and Zeke along later. And so we happen to be there, and one of the things they do at 9 a.m. is they do um, this, basically it's a uh, family in the co-op, a highlight of them. And so this uh, family, uh, it was Amra, and I don't remember, Amra Smith, and I don't remember her, her husband, John, okay. So John and Amra, Amra, and I know of them. Allison knows them better than I do, but I know of them. And so anyways, we gathered in, it's at a church, we gathered into the sanctuary, and they came up to the front, and they were just introducing themselves, and they kind of did this homeschool family highlight, very uh, different. Their oldest daughter actually wrote out several different questions, and she put them in a jar, and she basically, they basically said that they were going to randomly, each member of the family was going to randomly pull a question from the jar and answer it. So it was all sorts of, just to kind of, you know, get off of the traditional route of like, hi, I'm this, my name, I'm, I'm my, you know, here's my age, this is what I do. Uh, it was just to ask unique questions. And so one of the things that um, Amra, I believe, pulled out was uh, the question, what is something that your family loves to do? And so she said, our family loves to travel. And so they're going through this thing where each family member is pulling something out. And one of the things you need to know about this family is that they have a 18 or 19-year-old son that is disabled. And he has something called, I believe it's Angelman's or Engelman's syndrome, which basically means that in his particular case, he is uh, disabled. He cannot walk um, and he is nonverbal. And so much of the communication that uh, they share with him is just through his facial expressions. And um, Amra, in particular, was just talking about how difficult this was. That, you know, this is obviously not something that they asked for when they started to have kids. But nevertheless, God has been glorified in it and God has been using it. And so we end the, the time with this family where everybody comes up and we pray for them. And if God gives anybody prophetic words, he, 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 uh, we're, we're, you know, we're to share those with them to just encourage them and everything. And so I don't really know them. So I'm just, I'm in about four or five rows back in the pews because I'm the awkward guy. I'm like, I'm not going to just come out of nowhere and just, but I'm there and they start to pray and they start to prophesy. And then out of nowhere, God gives me a word. And the word that came to mind was, I believe that Abby was the one that talked about it, but there's, um, it, it was the idea of, uh, I got the picture of the woman with the alabaster box that broke it and, and, and poured it out on Jesus' feet and wiped Jesus' feet with her hair. And so I get this picture and I'm like, okay, well, it's in this moment, so I know it's not random. It's in this moment. So I know I need to share this, but I don't really know what the, the implications of this. I don't know what this means. And so 
Then the Lord says this to me, and I wrote it down because I wanted to remember it because it was so powerful for me. It's, uh, he said this, he said, tell her that the way she serves her son is like a perfume poured out on Jesus' feet. And though they love to travel, their family story will travel further than they ever will. Because if you remember the story, Jesus says that wherever the gospel is preached, her story will be shared. And so I go up to her and I just said, hey, listen, I said, I just got this picture and I said, this is what the Lord is saying. And I'm standing behind her because I don't like to make a judgment about the accuracy of what I'm feeling based upon the reaction of the person. Because then that can actually be used to your advantage or disadvantage. And so I just shared it, and then I just left. So they continue to pray, everything. Later on, about an hour later, um, I'm in the lobby, and she comes up to me, and she says, I want to share something with you. I said, what? She said, one of the questions that my daughter wrote in the jar was that, if you could be anybody for a day, who would you be? And she said, if I picked that one, I was going to say, the woman with the alabaster box that broke it and poured it out on Jesus' feet. Wow. How did that happen? I don't know. Does it make sense to me? Nope. Was my mind struggling with that? Yes. But I will not allow logic to be a stumbling block for following where I feel like God is leading. Matter of fact, if you've noticed, I'm not wearing shoes right now. The reason why I'm not wearing shoes is not because of the over-spiritual answer of, I'm on holy ground. <laughs> it's because the Lord told me to take them off. And my question was, why do I need to take them off? And he said, you don't have to understand. When the spirit moves, it will violate your logic, your rationale, your mindset, your comprehension, and it will cause you to have questions. So I don't know why I thought what I thought. Listen to me this morning. If there's anything that I have learned from my experiences with the Holy Spirit, it's this, that our willingness to embrace the mystery of who the Holy Spirit is and how he works is a great predictor of how much of the Holy Spirit we will experience. You have to embrace the mystery of the Holy Spirit. If you're going to have experiences with the Holy Spirit, there will be things you won't be able to explain. You will have experiences with the Lord where you'll be sobbing and weeping, and someone will come up to you and say, well, what did the Lord do in you in that moment? I don't know. Isn't it interesting? We always want an explanation. There will be moments in your life where you have to just understand that the greatest response to something you don't understand is, it must have been God. I don't know why I felt that. I don't know why I got that picture. I wasn't up in the morning saying, God, whenever this family is interviewed, give me a word. I was minding my business. And then this comes to me. There was another person that struggled with this, and we're going to look at this individual in John chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. But I want you to know why we need to embrace the mystery. Here's why. Because if our desire to understand all things Holy Spirit 
is higher than our hunger to simply receive, then logic becomes the lid for what the Holy Spirit can and cannot do in our lives. I'm going to say that again. The reason why we need to embrace mystery is because if our desire to understand everything that the Holy Spirit does is higher than our hunger to simply receive, then logic will become the lid for what he does. So we're going to look at John chapter 3, verses 8 through 10, who struggled with, to see someone who struggled to embrace the mystery. Now, I got to be honest, I don't necessarily, uh, I don't, I've never really read this passage of Scripture and really thought about what it reveals about the nature of the Holy Spirit. But as I've been preparing for this message, this has been the thing that has just been in my mind over and over and over again. In John chapter 3, verses 8 through 10, we see this character named Nicodemus. And verse 8, this is obviously in the, the stanza of passage in John 3.16 that's so famous, for God so loved the world he gave his one and only blah, blah, blah. Whoever, blah, 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 who? 3.16, but I just did. But in John chapter 3.8, we see Nicodemus. This is in the midst of the conversation that they are having about being born again. And Jesus says this, he says, the wind blows where it wishes hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Verse 9, Nicodemus says, how things be? How? Now, Jesus goes on to say, are you the teacher of Israel and you don't understand these things? Jesus is having a conversation with the top teacher in Israel. The top. He says, are you the, the teacher of understand these things? And Jesus is talking a little bit about Betty mentioned last week about natural birth and spiritual birth being born again. But in this stanza, we also see descriptions about the nature of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says this in verse 8. He says, the Holy Spirit is like wind. He goes wherever he wishes. You can't see him, but he has a sound. You can't tell how long he will be somewhere, where he came from and where he from. Description, Nicodemus's question is, how? How, how can that how, how can these things B, now let me just stop right here. How many of you believe that Nicodemus' question in that moment was an extremely legitimate question to ask? Just slip your hand up so I can see. Awesome, awesome. Can I see it higher? Will you stand with me? I'm kidding. No, but. <laughs> so if you raised your hand, you set yourself up because this message is for you. That's an, ex when I read it, I'm like, it's a valid question. If I was like, in the, 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 if I was like on the sideline, I'd be like, I was going to ask him that. How, how can these things be? This is Nic Nicodemus can't, listen, he can't receive it because of a question. Hell is an interesting word. It's an interesting word. You got to remember what how means. Let me tell you the meaning of how. How means the way or manner something is done. The way or manner that something is done. <laughs> That's kind of an ironic question for Nicodemus to ask because Jesus already answered it. How, how can all of this happen? How can these things be? What, what, give me an answer. Listen to me this morning. Jesus' answer is the Spirit is just like wind. Do you know you can't analyze wind? Do you know wind is illogical and rational? Do you know how I know that? Because how many of us look at our weather apps in the morning and by it's wrong? How, how many, how, 
other men have a job. It's like they're allowed to get it wrong because they're wrong all the time. Do you know because of wind? Change the direction whenever it wants. So Nicodemus is like, how, how is someone born of the Spirit? How does the Spirit function? How does he flow? How does he move? How does he the Holy Spirit like Jesus answered it. He said, he said the Holy Spirit is like wind. Now let me just tell you, if you raised your hand this morning, there's a reason why you raised it. The reason why you raised it is because, listen to me, there is Nicodemus in you. Matter of fact, I'll take it a step further. There is a of Nicodemus in every single one of us. Now, some of you might have a minute measure of Nicodemus, and others of you are ruled and ran by, by Nicodemus. Others are, of you are logical, and if it does not make sense in your mind, it ain't real. It's not true. See, let me just say something. Every time that I've been in the middle of a moment where the Holy Spirit is moving, there is always a Nicodemus that is not happy. There's always a Nicodemus that's asking questions going on. Nicodemus always wants an explanation for what God is doing. How can these things be? What is happening? What is going on? Who's letting this happen? Nicodemus is a move of God. I'll speak to your manager. Why? Because Nicodemus always wants an explanation for what's happening. Explain it. Break it down to me. Give me the step-by-step -step about you can't analyze wind. Because every time you think you know what the wind is going to do, directions. Never forget, we were camping. Permission to share this story. And I first and foremost want to say that this individual is not like this. But at that time, they were younger in their faith. So we're at this summer camp, I believe it was 2015, and we were out in um, Belfast. Ohio at this uh, Methodist campground, and we were having this summer camp, and it was one night, and I, I was happened to pre uh, I was preaching, so I share, and then afterwards uh, we're in a time of ministry, and um, for those with the experiences, the Holy Spirit begins, and so people are crying at the front, and let me just say this: every time that the Holy Spirit, like I said, every time middle of a moment where the Holy Spirit is moving, there's a Nicodemus that is happy. Because it gets really, really messy really quick. Let me just say something about the If the Holy Spirit hovered over disorder and brought order, then you know the Holy Spirit bringing order? Disorder. Disorder always happened first for the Holy Spirit to bring her out of it. He hovered over the waters. It was chaos that brought this beautiful universe into existence. Disorder always precedes order. And so we're in the middle of this, and it's chaos, and things are happening all over the place. And the individual that I, I'm going to name Grant happened to be at another church at this time because a prerequisite of being here is you understand what the Holy Spirit's going to do. Totally joking. So she comes up to me in the middle of the mess and she's like, what's going on? What's, what's going on here? And I'm in the middle of it like, what do you mean? She's like, 
There's people up in the front that are crying, and I get that. But there's people in the back that are, there's like demons or something, and they're manifesting. And then there's people over here that are watching it and freaking out. What's happening? Very calmly looked at her, and I said, this is what happens when the Holy Spirit moves. And I dropped the mic, and I walked away. (laughs) I'm not going to analyze and break down every single thing that the Holy Spirit does, because chaos always precedes order, and he'll bring an order, but it's going to be messy in the middle of it. Here's the truth. She, the Nicodemus in Grant wanted an answer. Give me an answer about what's happening here. Let me speak to your manager. I guess I was the manager at the time, and she probably went to somebody else and was like, let me speak to your manager. He's over there. Talk to him. He has something to do with this. There's a Nicodemus that always wants an answer. John chapter 3, verses 11 through 12, what I find is that Jesus doesn't actually answer Nicodemus' questions. I love that about Jesus. He wasn't going to give Nicodemus the thing that Nicodemus felt like he needed. I want to listen. I want you to read Uh, Read what I see in the message translation here. Jesus says, I speak only of what I know by experience. I give witness only to what I have seen with my own eyes. There's nothing second here, hand here, no hearsay. By the way, if you are over analytical and you're rational and you're logical and you haven't had the experiences with the Holy Spirit that other people are talking about, you will get mad at them and you'll think they're crazy, but you have to understand they're speaking from experience. They're speaking from what they know, and you're mad that they know something that you don't know by experience. And so he goes on to say, he said, yet instead of facing the evidence and accepting it, You procrastinate with questions. (laughs) If I tell you things that are plain as the hand before your face and you don't believe me, what use is there in telling you of things you can't see, the things of God? Jesus said, I speak only of what I know by experience. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit is a person to be experienced, not an education that needs to be explained. The Holy Spirit is not a topic He's not a doctrinal statement on a website. He's not a concept. He is a person. And here's the truth. Some of us that are rational and logical and analytical about the Holy Spirit, we don't want to necessarily welcome the Holy Spirit into our lives because he's unpredictable and we don't know what he's going to do. Every one of us has that one person that, are in, that is in our lives that we're like, we ain't letting them come over to our house. Because if we come over to their house, I don't know what they're going to break. I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to stay longer than I want them to stay. And here's what we do. Well, if they come over, we need to have, you know, the Karen, your wife. Not my wife. If, they're, if you're going to invite them, you need to have a conversation about what that's going to look like. You're allowed to stay from this time to this time. You're going to sit in this chair. This is what you're allowed to do. And that's how we treat the Holy Spirit. (laughs) If you come over, you're going to sit there. This is my seat. Don't come. Don't come over here and do something I can't control. And and we wonder why the Holy Spirit would not feel welcome. You know where he's most welcome? Where you're most welcome. The places where you are free to be yourself. He said, I speak of what I know by experience. 
See, let me tell you something. What will answer every question that the Nicodemus in us has about the Holy Spirit is an experience with the Holy Spirit. We know there's this phrase in culture that says experience is the best teacher. Nicodemus, you don't need any more information. You need an encounter. You don't need 15 more scriptures. You need an experience. And here's what I find in church, and I shared this at staff a couple weeks ago. I found within myself there is a propensity that if I talk about the Holy Spirit because I'm teacher-oriented, I've got to have 25 scriptures that I break, they break down and I talk about and I analyze for all the analyzers in the room. But here's the truth. Over-education can actually stifle the move of the Holy Spirit because what you don't need is information. You just need experience. Well, what about this? What about them? Can I just lay hands on you? Sweet Lord. You know, you know the crazy thing about Nicodemus is that after every question that gets an answer is another question. Why do you think Jesus didn't answer his question? Because he knew another question was coming. You know why? Because... Nicodemus represents something that is in all of us. Nicodemus represents the logical, rational mind that will not embrace the nature of the Holy Spirit unless it makes logical, rational sense. The logical, rational mind that will not embrace the nature of who he is and what he does unless it makes logical, rational sense. Here's my question for the Nicodemus that's inside of you. Where are your questions coming from? Are your questions coming from curiosity or skepticism and doubt? Let me just tell you something about doubt. Doubt often masquerades as a desire to know more. Well, what about the, what about the, what? Doubt will often masquerade as a desire to know more because the end goal is not belief and faith, it's to disprove. So let me see if I can continue to ask questions and get answers until I find a loophole that justifies my disbelief. It masquerades as wanting to know more. But the ways of the Holy Spirit are a mystery. And our willingness to embrace the mystery of who the Holy Spirit is and how he works is a great predictor of how much of the Holy Spirit we will experience. Three things that the Nicodemus in us needs to know about the Holy Spirit from John chapter 3, eight, verse one, or, uh, number one. Listen, Nicodemus, please know this, that the Holy Spirit cannot and will not be controlled by you. He will not. What you will find is that God will, the Holy Spirit will be moving on other people and you'll just be staring. He cannot and will not be controlled by you. John chapter 3, verse 8. The wind blows where it wishes. <laughs> you ever try to stop the wind? He's like, I'm just moving right around you, isn't he? So you can do this to the Holy Spirit. You shall not pass. And he's like, excuse me, buddy. Because I blow wherever I want to. Wherever I wish to go is where I'll go. And what you will find is that if the Holy Spirit is moving in a corporate environment, he'll just, excuse me, <laughs> sorry, you're in the way for a minute. And you're just like, they are crazy. What is happening? He's in the room. You're just resisting. The wind blows wherever it wishes to go. We can harness the power of the wind, but we cannot control it. So it is with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit cannot and will not be controlled. Saturday night, 2015, another moment with a Nicodemus. We uh, had uh, Tom Crandall from Bethel come in. He was a youth pastor. They brought in this team of people, and it was for me, it was nuts. 
Never been in an environment like that. I mean, it was crazy. People were... Now, everything that was happening, I had seen most of it in Scripture. And so... People are laughing uncontrollably. Some of you are like, <laughs> that ain't God. Except for when you see in Psalm 16, 11, David says, in his presence is fullness of joy, which is excessive laughter. Where you laugh and you just can't stop, and people are like, what's wrong with person? Um, they're at ground zero, and it's messy. So the Holy Spirit is moving. People are laughing. People are falling out over everywhere. People are crying, sobbing. It's, it's wild. And let me just tell you about this. This is so funny. I had a pastor friend come up to me and say, hey, before we have winter camp, there's been things in the past that have been crazy. So before we have winter camp, because we have so many denominations here, why don't we write up expectations of what we think the Holy Spirit is going to do, and we, <laughs> and we meet with all the pastors and we tell them, this is what you can expect this weekend. <laughs> and so I'm like, Todd, I'm like, okay, cool. So we go through and write out the ex expectations. <laughs> and do you know, in the middle of that Saturday night, the person that was coming to me freaking out was the person who had the idea to write out the expectations because what was happening wasn't on his list. Once again, Nicodemus, what is going on? And I was over there in the back right where uh, Todd, uh, Todd was, or Tony, sorry, Tony, right where Tony's at. And I'm just like, what's going on? What do you mean? There's people, there's people, Dwight just, you know what I love about Dwight? Dwight's like a drive, has a drive-by anointing. He just rolled in one time. He just rolled in, was, you know, just checking stuff out. And then about five minutes and then he left and some kid is in the lobby manifesting. He casts out a demon and he's like, All right, I'll see you guys later. And this pastor comes up to me. He's like, one of my kids was in the hall, like demon possessed in the hallway. And then Dwight just walks by him and a demon comes out. And what is happening? And in the middle, the Holy Spirit drops this on me. Because once again, where are your questions coming from? The Holy Spirit says to me, he's afraid. I said, why are you so afraid? What, what do you mean? And as soon as he says, what do you mean? The Lord just expands the question. And I said, I can tell you why you're afraid. You're afraid because you're your kids are having experiences with the Holy Spirit that you can't explain. And you know that when you go home, if your kids tell their parents about what happened, you will have parents on your doorstep wanting answers to their questions, and you can't give them answers. And he said, you're exactly right. Here's the problem. Let me just say this. Every time the Holy Spirit moves, you can understand and know this, that the Holy Spirit will always challenge your fear. Every fear you have, he will come right for it. How do I know that? Because the disciples were getting persecuted and they were hunkering down in a room. And, and Jesus tells them, hey, go wait for power from on high. Why are they in the room? They're waiting but they're also hiding. They're not, they're not letting people know where they are. They're hunkered down because there's persecution that's taking place and they're, they're afraid that they're going to be up on a cross just like Jesus was. And he said, wait for power from on high. And you know what's amazing? The Holy Spirit gets poured out and it's, listen to the interesting adjective, like a rushing John baptizes with water. Jesus baptizes with wind. The Holy Spirit is a wind baptism, not a water baptism. So here's the thing. And the tongues of fire get on their head. <laughs> and they're... And 
And there's probably somebody in the room who's like, will you shut up? You're going to let them know where we are. It says they heard on the street what was happening in the upper room and they heard the mighty works of God being preached in their own language. And what, what does Peter say when he preaches? He said, these men are not what? As you suppose. You know what that means? Have you ever seen a drunk person? You know what they have lost? All fear. They don't have any inhibitions anymore. They're not controlled by... It's just whatever they want to do. They don't have any inhibitions anymore because they're no longer controlled by fear. Isn't it interesting that they're baptized with the Holy Spirit and the one thing that kept them up in the room contained, controlled, and confined is the one thing the Holy Spirit punches in the face and now they can't keep themselves quiet. Every time the Holy Spirit moves, some sort of fear on the inside of you will manifest itself as a resistance to what's going on. It'll be a fear of man. It'll be a fear of what people will think. It'll be a fear of the unknown. It'll be a fear of being out of control or not having any control. Fear every time. Some people don't allow their language, prayer language, their spiritual tongues to come because in their mind they're like, this is crazy. This don't make no sense. Sha, 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 boom, sha, sha. That ain't, in your mind is like, that's not real. The Karen right here, that is not real. You are dumb. You are so dumb for real. You're making a fool out of yourself. Yes, you are. Because that's the very thing the Holy Spirit is targeting. The thing inside of you that keeps you bound from embracing everything that the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. When the Holy Spirit moves, he'll always confront fear. And I love what Bill Johnson said. He said, the fear of man will pressure you to explain things that God isn't explaining. <laughs> what is going on here? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Why are you asking me? Like I know, let me look in my Rolodex of experiences with the Holy Spirit. Page 15. Oh, okay, this happened. Okay, go accept it. I don't know. So I'm not going to explain. You just need an experience. Number two, the Holy Spirit becomes visible by his effects on people. Is he real? Yeah, because of what he does on people. John 3, 8, the wind blows where it wishes. You hear the sound of it. You hear the sound of the wind as it blows through the trees. So it is with the Holy Spirit. You see the Holy Spirit not because you see him, but you see the effect he's having on people. It is not timing or coincidence that people pray and then people cry. That people pray that you receive a language and then next to you, they're like, da, 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 da. By the way, if you want to get really logical, wouldn't it make sense that if your natural birth comes and then you start to speak a language, wouldn't your spiritual birth be followed by a spiritual language? Doesn't that make sense? If you want to be super logical... He becomes visible by his effect on the people. When the spirit moves, you can expect a physical and emotional response. How, how else will we know that the Holy Spirit is moving? And God is just moving in this room and everybody's like. <laughs> is God moving in your life? You're not even moving. I don't, are you alive? 
You can expect a response. Acts 2. Suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house while they were sitting. Can I continue to go on? It's 11.35. Okay, all right. I'm just trying, to, just trying to get it all together real quick. Came from heaven a noise of a violent rushing wind, and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Verse 4, and they were all filled with the Spirit, and they began to speak with tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Didn't Jesus in John 3, 8 say that the Holy wind makes a sound? Wind makes a sound so when the Holy Spirit is blowing through you there's a sound that comes. And they begin to speak as the Spirit was giving them utterance. By the way, let me just show you. That utterance is the it's not going to move your mouth for you. It's it's not like, well, what, how did you speak in tongues? Well, I was just standing there, and then out of nowhere, I just saw this invisible thing go. Nah, nah, nah. The Holy Spirit giving you the Holy Spirit giving you the inspiration for you to be obedient to do what He the inspiration for. You open your mouth, open your mouth. And even if it's like, la, 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 there it is. Start there. You don't, you don't start in full paragraphs. Like the Holy Spirit came on me. I just was speaking a thesis in the spirit. It, it, I'm getting too logical for everybody. Sorry. Number three, the Holy Spirit is unpredictable, which is why. As a teacher, I can't lay out every single place where the Holy Spirit is, does something, and then tell you this is how he moves. Do you know what that means? That becomes your box. Well, Caleb gave me 50 ways that the Holy Spirit himself, and this is not on there. Guess what? It wasn't anywhere for the disciples in Acts 2 either. They didn't have, let me, Tom in the upper room with everybody else. He was probably the one that was like, shut up. Let people know here. He wasn't like, let me get on Google real quick to look up what happens in the Old Testament when the Holy Spirit moves. They had no frame of reference, but this is what they did know is what Peter knew. And this needs to blow your mind. Joel 2 is happening at this moment. And he didn't know that by intellect. He knew that through the experience because the filling of the Spirit will educate you in a way that a man can't. So how do I know? This is for the Karens in the room. How do I know when the Holy Spirit is moving or not? How do I know? Judge the fruit, not the root. Acts 2 was a mess. Acts 2 was a mess. But what was the fruit? Thousands of people got saved and the early church exploded. Judge that. Not the root. People are rolling around, crying, moaning and groaning, and you're like, that can't be the Holy Spirit because the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. It is. That's fruit, not root. <laughs> did, you, did, you, did you hear yourself? Fruit. So the root can be a hot mess, but the fruit can be self-control. Because chaos always comes before order. He's unpredictable. How do I know if the Holy, it's the Holy Spirit or not? Judge the fruit, not the root. Look at Pentecost, Acts 2.6. This is everything that was happening around the Holy Spirit moving. People were bewildered in the Greek. They were disturbed in the mind. <laughs> what was the Holy Spirit coming for? I love what John Wilbur says, Wimber founder of the Vineyard Movement, he said, God will offend your mind to reveal your heart. 
it's a heart issue, not a mind issue. So when God is moving and you're like offended, like, there's no way that could, it's a pride issue. You're wanting to control. I don't have any control over this. I don't understand it. Judge the fruit, not the root. People were bewildered, disturbed in the mind, confounded. That's Acts 2.6. Acts 2.7. People were amazed and astonished. You know what that means in the Greek? Out of their mind. Beside oneself, insane. Acts 2.12. People were perplexed. They were embarrassed. You ever been embarrassed for people? There was people that are like, I can't, I got to get wet. It ain't happening to me, but... They should be embarrassed about themselves. It also means they were embarrassed and they were doubting. Acts 2.12 again. What does this mean? (laughs) Nicodemus! Excuse me, what does this mean? What is the purpose for this, sir? I need to have some sort of quantifiable reason for why this is happening. Acts 2.13, they were mocking the manifestation. They were ridiculing what was going on by acting like the disciples. Now, what's interesting is this, is that when the Holy Spirit happens, that is no different than today. Because what happens is you will have people that their focus is not on what God is doing, but what everybody else is saying about what God is doing. And they're believing the wrong message. Yeah, that can't be God because, look, they're drunk. No, I can't. There's no purpose. You're right. There is no purpose for this. What does this even mean? Do you know sometimes God moves and you just don't understand? The Holy Spirit will simply move just so you know he's real. What was the purpose? What What do you think you got out of that? That God's real. Let's remind the Nicodemuses in the room of Romans 11, 33. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. You know what that means? Every one of your questions will never get the answer you want. It's beyond your realm of comprehension. There's a Nicodemus in all of us, and he needs to know this about the Holy Spirit. He cannot and will not be controlled. He becomes visible by his effects on people, and he is unpredictable. Will you stand with me? If you really want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, you will receive it. It is promised for every generation. Paul, Peter said that in Acts 2. It's for every single generation to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And here's the truth, is that if it's happened for somebody else and it has yet to happen for you, let me just say this, maybe you got to wait longer. I don't know. Some of, us, some of us literally discount that it's real because it hasn't happened to us yet. It, well, why did they get it and not me? Maybe because of that attitude. He's unpredictable. You know what the Holy Spirit is? Aslan. Why'd you leave, bro? Stay around. Got some other people to go to. I mean, I'm just saying that you wanting to know why it hasn't happened to you, but it's happened to other people, is because you're trying to develop a pattern that will box in the Holy Spirit. You're trying to understand. Do you know that when you speak in tongues, they they scanned people's brains and it bypasses the language center of your brain? Your language center doesn't even fire. 
That's crazy. How does that work? I don't know. <laughs> Let me just tell you, if you have a question about the Holy Spirit from here on out, guess what my answer is going to be? I don't know. Because if I give you an answer, it'll be a lid. It'll be a logical lid for the Nicodemus. So this is what I do know. The promise is for everybody. And if you really want the Holy Spirit and you hunger, and that hunger exceeds your desire to understand, you will receive the Holy Spirit. And the timing will just be his. So I'm going to just pray for the Nicodemuses in the room. If that's you, will you just stand, please? I'm kidding. <laughs> Me! I'm just going to pray for the Nicodemuses. There are, there are little Nicodemuses on some shoulders, and then like the person, you are Nicodemus. How, how can these things happen? Just like wind. So Father, right now, for every Nicodemus in the room, Blow them away, literally and figuratively. <laughs> Blow the wind of your Holy Spirit on them. Father, in them and on them, flow in a way that they can't control. I pray every fear of man, I pray every fear of being out of control, fear of not being in control, fear of the unknown, that the Holy Spirit will target and say, that's what I came for. I pray they would just receive it. Every adult point in their brain that does not allow them to receive like a child, I pray that you would bypass it and that what they would have is instantaneous understanding because they experienced you. So Lord, in your timing, when they least expect it, blow them away with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. We hope you were challenged, encouraged, and inspired as you listened to this teaching from God's Word. For more messages or information about our church, please go to www.redeemers.life.